Hey, this is Israel. Here at the river, we're all about the message of the gospel of peace. That the Bible says, beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel or the good news of peace. So we have good news for you. The war is over. God is not angry at you. God is in love with you. And you can have peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we hope this message is a blessing to you. You can visit us online at theriverdurant.com for more. I remember we, we taught a message years ago. Uh, uh, does anybody in here ever take a shower? We all take a shower, don't we? Sometimes. Well, only when it's needed. Did anybody ever use a, uh, uh, a hair dryer? There, there was a day back in the day, back, back in the day, when hairdos, I mean, I got some pictures of Joy when she's had some hairdos, you know what I'm saying? Had the old blow dryer. Anybody ever use a blow dryer? You know what I'm saying? Papa Don, you still use a blow dryer? All right. Turn it, turn it down, brother. Turn it down. Too high. Too high. You know, you know you, everybody in here knows a, a blow dryer. But, you know, you open up the, the uh, new blow dryer out of the box, and there's a manual in there. And you know what the number one, and go home and look at this up, it, it's astounding. You know what the number one thing in the manual is? Do not use while in the shower. Now, is that because the, the creator of that hair dryer don't want you to have any fun? Is that because he don't want you to do it? No, he just wants to restrict me. No, he wants you to get the longest life, the best use you know, and be able to use that product. And see, God's given us life. He's the creator. He's given us life. And he says, listen, this is what I've done for you. I've paid the price for your sin. I've put in you a new seed, an ever, a seed eternal, incorruptible seed that's going to last forever. I've put in you all the fullness of me. I've put in you my nature. I gave you my DNA. You are born after me. You're my children. See, that's what the Word's telling us. How much he loved us to do that and saved us and called us. And, and so this, this is our, this is the manual. This is the owner's guide to the life God's given us to live. It's not a book, book of do's and don'ts and regulations. And See, if you're under religion, that's what it becomes. But you're free from religion, it becomes, oh, he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. You know what I'm saying? It's meant for us to live. See, over here in the Old Covenant, in the land of provision, that was God's minimum. They weren't supposed to be in the desert. Matter of fact, God sent them over into the desert to wander for 40 years so he could kill off the unbelievers. (laughs) God didn't want them to live over here. He wanted them to live in the promised land. He wanted them to cross the Jordan and live in His promises, in His fullness. The Scripture says that we have His fullness, His fullness, His completeness. And we've been talking about planting seed, and we've been talking about uh, the process conception, gestation, and delivery or manifestation. And we're really focusing in on gestation, because gestation is the longest period of time. We talked about how there was joy in the conception, joy in the gestation, and joy in the delivery. And there's such a satisfaction along the way, an internal yes. I, am, I remember when Joy first got pregnant. I couldn't look at her. If I looked at her, she wouldn't even have to tell me she was pregnant. You know, I could look at her and she'd start laughing. You know, it was just because it was just such a fulfillment. 
she knew in all her disco and all this stuff that she thought she was the queen of the the disc y'all remember disco okay no you were yeah i understand but she realized that that's not what she was created for she was created to it to to contain life the apostle paul said the life the life that i now live i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and he was confident that he knew says i know that the very thing that he started to me he will finish it he will perform it. I don't see, and see, that's a beautiful thing about being free from religion is I don't have to perform for God. Right. He said he was going to perform in me his good pleasure. Right. I just need to be willing and I need to trust that he's doing a work in me. Now, I, you just can't sit back and do nothing. And so that's what we're going to talk about because the seed has been placed in you. We talk, started talking about the seed. We start, when we talked about the seed, we talked about you need to know the quantity the quality and the nature. If you want peas, don't plant corn. You'll get disappointed. Dang it, where's those peas? I planted corn. Why didn't they come up peas? You know, you need to be about what you're about. You have to know what you're planting. And, you know, if, if we won't get into that because we, we already talked about it. You need to know the nature. And you need to know the nature that of the seed that's inside of you. First Peter chapter one verse twenty three says that when you were born again, there was uh, you were born when you're born again, a seed is placed within you. I love what it says in James chapter three. James chapter three verse eighteen says this. It says that he who plants the seed of righteousness plants in peace. In other words, the seed is sown in peace. Do you see that? See, God, our Father, the Creator, wanted peace, wanted righteousness on earth, so He had to establish peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And in your heart, there has to be peace so you can receive. Now, can you receive seeds of judgment? Sure, p p people receive seeds of judgment all the time. You know why? Because their heart's not at peace. But if your heart's at peace, then the seed of righteousness comes in. Right standing with Him because of what Jesus has done, not because of what you do. Man, this is powerful. And so this morning, we're going to pick up where we left off, and uh, we're going to talk about due season. Everybody say due season. Because uh, anybody that's ever been pregnant before, understands due season or what is known as when are you due what's your due time what's your due date however you want to call it i tell you when you get around that that eighth month uh, and i'm uh, you know there's that you know that trying to joy used to go joy used to go walking is it a full moon i'm going on a walk you know go she said how many people know all the tricks driving down a bumpy road Boat ride, full moon, jumping up and down. A lot of times in the body of Christ, we're trying to hurry the process of gestation, but there is a due time. Here's something to think about, and I don't want to be too radical for a lot of you, but that's too late. <laughs> Listen, Jesus didn't heal anybody at 28 years old. Ooh. Jesus wasn't healing people right off the bat. His whole life was spent learning and maturing and becoming. The seed was growing in him. The
the confidence the word was working. It says he was studying the word at 8 and 12 years old, asking questions and answering questions. He, was, he had been thinking about his father's business. He had been meditating on what his calling and his seed that's in him and the reason, the purpose he was lived. And he didn't do anything until he was 30. Why? It wasn't due time. And there, doesn't the scripture say, don't let the word come out of your mouth? You ever wonder why the word says, don't let the word come out of your mouth at first? Because you need to nurture that word. You need to know it's yours. You need to meditate on it and work on it. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning in due time. The things that you can do, remember there's three things, the most important things for you to do during the time of gestation is for you as the carrier to be uh, to your nutrition, to have exercise, and to have rest. So you need to talk, you know, we're going to talk about nutrition a little bit. What is nutrition? It's what you hear. What are you hearing? Uh, in this teaching, we use the uh, example of the Virgin Mary when she was had received from the Spirit, but first she had to get peace. The angel said, fear not, because she had fear in her heart. And once she got at peace, and then she could receive the word, she said, be it unto me. She was willing. Now what did she have to do to make sure that that seed grew up? Nothing. She just had to stay willing and make sure she hung around people of like faith. And she went and hung around Elizabeth. Because she motivated Elizabeth, Elizabeth motivated her, and they shared each other's journey. Sometimes we're trying, we know what to do. Some of us, I tell you, some of us in business have been, we know what to do, but we don't hang around the people. I tell you, if you want to start a business, you better be around successful business people. I tell you, there's nothing more important in business than mentoring or being mentored by somebody to learn how to do it. Why, why reinvent the wheel? You know, I'd rather just start where someone left off and pick up what they've got and see that's wisdom and go on. You know. But anyway, let's get into the word this morning. Let's turn into the book of the book of Galatians. Remember, God wants us to experience Him in this realm, in this world. I, I never have understood why people talk about an everlasting salvation and everlasting inheritance you ever hear those terms before well what, what, what do you mean an everlasting or eternal salvation or eternal uh, inheritance well eternal means it had no beginning and it has no end that means it always has been and it always will be but for some reason when we're on earth it doesn't count you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, while we're on earth, we can't have that inheritance or we can't have that life eternal. No, God wants us to live and experience that life eternal in the here and now and wants us to experience, taste and see that the Lord is good in heaven. No, here and now. He wants us to have good pleasure. Listen, it should be a great, it should do. The Bible even says, in Matthew chapter 13, where it talks about the parable of the, soul, the sower that sowed the seed. It's really the soils. But it says when the seed finally gets in the ground, the first thing that happens after the seed is conceived in the ground and germinated, joy comes forth. Or, okay, I'm going to dance in the spirit. You know what you're doing, Pastor? Shh, I'm dancing in the spirit. No, you're not. No, you're not. See, see, the, the Mary song 
And we're going to use her as an example. In Luke, in the book of Luke, where it talks about what Mary went through when she met Elizabeth and the baby jumped and Elizabeth and they got all excited. The next verse down there, I think it's like 42 or something like that. It says, it says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And it says, why? Because my spirit has already rejoiced. See, she was responding. Her soul, her thoughts, her feelings, and her emotions was coming alive because she knew she conceived something in the spirit and she couldn't hold it back. She was magnifying what God had already done inside of her. And that's one of the things we need to do in the body of Christ is to magnify the seed in fullness that's already been. You need to magnify to yourself. I'm going to show you a scripture today that's going to. You're going to go like this. You're going to go, oh, I didn't know it said that. It does. I'm going to wait till the end of the service, though. I'm going to make you wait. Or y'all just get up and going out. So he's done. Listen. Mary said, my soul magnifies. And what's it mean to magnify the Lord? Real simple, three things. Make him larger. When you magnify something, we don't have a sound guy. That's all right. When, when you magnify something, now, you, you make it larger, you make it louder, and you can make it mightier. But see, if you can magnify something, you can demagnify. You can make it quieter. That's powerful. And see, there's a lot of doctrine and there's a lot of teaching that demagnifies God. Well, he doesn't do that today. Well, that was for back then during the time of the disciples, but not for today. So is that magnifying God or is that demagnifying Oh, I tell you what, I was never called to demagnify, but to magnify, to make him larger, louder, and mightier. We're, you, know, you know why? I love what that scripture says in Psalms 34. That's where that comes from. It says that verses 1, 2, and 3, it talks about, Oh, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It goes on and says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Verse 3. Verse 4 says this I sought the Lord. When did he seek him? After he made him larger. After he made him mightier, after he made him more powerful, in his he began to worship and then he says, "Well, I sought the Lord and I found him. There he is. He heard me." See, see, God's always there, but sometimes we just need to magnify, you know, God, God on the inside. Amen. All right, let's get into the Word this morning. Let's look at uh, the Book of Galatians, Galatians chapter six. Excuse, yeah, Galatians chapter six. Uh, I'm going to start reading at verse 7. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows in the, to his flesh will also reap the flesh, or reap corruption. But he who sows the Spirit will also, will, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, everybody see that? In due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now, one of the things we need to understand here, uh, if you've been here around here any length of time, you, you understand the principle of spirit, soul, and body, that you're made up of a trichotomy. You're made up of three parts, a spirit, a soul, and your body. And 
what has what brings your spirit and your soul the common ground that is shared between the soul and the spirit is referred to in the word as your heart the heart your heart is part of your spirit and is also part of your soul that's why jesus came to heal the broken hearted he didn't come to get us to stop what we're doing to live under certain regulations he came to to heal our broken heart so we can experience. See, in the realm of the Spirit, when you're born again, you're complete in Christ. No weapon formed against you, you prosper. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. It's no longer I that liveth, it's Christ that lives inside of me. You know what I'm saying? That's what's happened in your spirit, man. You're complete. You have the fullness of God inside of you. But if there's something wrong in your heart, that information or that truth will never get into your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and your will. It won't get in there. That's why Jesus came to heal your heart so you could experience Him. You know, there's some people that their hearts are bruised, they're wounded because of past life. You know, some people don't, didn't have a good, they, to this day, don't have a good father image. And so whenever we talk about God being your father, you're going, ooh, I don't want him to be my father. Because in your heart, father's not good. You see what I'm saying? And you're identifying, you're trying, you're, you're thinking we're saying that God's going to be like your father. We're not saying that. It's just that your father was not like God. See, in a child's life, the mother and father are the example of godly love for them, or should be. Should be. We are, your children learn about God through the way the parents raise them. That's almost scary, isn't it? It takes on a whole new meaning for what it means to be a parent. Well, I just did what my daddy did. That's the problem. Don't do what your daddy did. Do what your father's done. See, when you come into a revelation of how much God loves you, it changed the way you parent. It changed the way you discipline. You quit punishing. We never punished our kids. I got two of my kids in here today. We never pun They thought it was punished. No, just kidding. <laughs> We never punished our kids. We disciplined them. Punishment is for the past. Discipline's for the future. Oh, I didn't tell you that when I was whacking your butt. <laughs> see, as long as you see God is God, Jesus hung on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And also he said, into the hands, Father. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. Wow. He, he was a see. Man has always looked as God is God, but he was also the son of God and the son of man. So he had to cry out both ways. And we're here to change that. I, I want to get a great big old sign one of these days. It says, the world knows him as God. We know him as father. Oh, man. You never hear anybody saying, why does the Father allow tsunamis to kill all the people in Japan or all the children in Africa? They say God, because the, they don't understand the Father. See, if you understood the Father, you know he didn't do it. Man, that's just good. We could close, but we're not going to. All right. Let's look what it says here. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. And do, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Now, see, if you read this with the regular mindset of churchdom, it's like, ah, don't you dare be deceived. God's not mock whatever you sow to the Spirit. Bless God. You're going to reap it in the flesh. Ah, you earn, you deserve it. You file evil. Th no, that's not what it's saying. That's good preaching, though, wasn't it? I've been in them, sir. You going to hell, bless God. God. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I just slipped out. <laughs> okay. That way you know it's anointed. Yeah. It's not anointed unless you can say God. <laughs> what it's saying here is whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And if you sow, when this seed over here, remember we talked about the first Adam? He became corrupt. This seed became corrupt. And so you have a package of seeds full of corruption. Jesus is the second Adam who is incorruptible. And when we get born again, we have the nature, we have that seed of the second Adam. But I can still sow this. And I'm going to receive this. You see that? What it's saying is don't, don't, don't be stupid in a not nice way. I mean, it's saying it spiritually says don't, God's not mocked. That if you sow this, you're going to get that. Remember, the if you sow these kinds of seeds, you're going to get them. If you sow these kind of seeds, you're going to get it. You can't think you're living in promised land living and still sow these seeds. Quit it. <laughs> now here's the, here's the important thought. Here's the thing. It says, He who sows the Spirit will also of the Spirit reap. So you're not the one doing it. The Spirit is going to reap unto you spiritual things. Everlasting life. Verse 9, it says this, And let us not grow weary. Well, since we're talking about gardening and planting seeds, how many of you have ever grown weary? You know what you did? You sowed it. You planted a seed in your life called weary. You grew it. It's not that you grew it. You grew it. It was your crop. You planted a weary seed. You fertilized it. You nurtured it. You provided a safe, uh, safe uh, uh, a habitat for it to grow in. That seed, you, you listened to something on the news, and you received it. Oh, wow. I didn't even thought about that. We are all going to die. <laughs> Dang it. And that seed got planted. And you were talking to some neighbors. And then you reinforced that seed because they heard the same thing. You too? Out of two more women? Bless God, that just fertilized that seed. And then you started acting on it to protect it. And guess what you got in your life? Weary. You grew it. Is that not the way it works? Who's, who's in control of what you plant? So if it works for weary, it can also work for love. He loves me. See, it's important for you to be careful what you hear. Because you can meditate. See, you can meditate on weary, and guess what you're going to get? Weary. You can meditate on health. And get health. You can meditate on peace. And become at peace. Man, that's, 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 that'll change your life. Let's, let, look what it says here. Verse 9, And let us, grow, let us not grow weary while doing good. Wait a minute. Over here doing good. But they're planting weary seeds. 
All right, we won't go any further. All right. For let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. See, I tell you what, it's the issue of the heart. We don't have time to get in that this morning. But the issue of the heart is so important to understand. God wants to do a work in your, in, in your heart. In 2 Peter, it says that, um, 1 Peter, in chapter 3, it says, don't worry about ordaining of the hair and the putting on fine jewelry. I mean, we're glad you do. We're glad we, everybody takes a shower. We're glad everybody takes care of themselves. But that's not the, it's not the outside that really needs to be taken care of. The scripture goes on and says, but rather let it be the hidden person in the heart. That there's a hidden person on the inside. There's a, there's a person that we're not letting out that God really wants to deal with. Anybody can dress up in a tie. Well, except me. I just can't do it no more. But anyway, anybody can dress up and look religious. Look like you belong, but do you belong on the inside? Man, that, 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 that makes you think. Okay, let's go on. And it says, do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Look what it says over in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. It says this in verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you the, uh, a deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. See, what this is doing is giving you examples of things that you can do while you have conceived in the process of gestation. These are guidelines for you to do. You need to keep God's Word. What are you hearing? i tell you what, what you hear can totally abort what God's done on the inside of you, the gestation period. We need to be careful what we hear, what we say. Don't let perverse lips, you know, we need to be wise. I tell you, you can't help. I tell you, when someone's pregnant and it's full of joy, they're going to tell everybody. And after a while, they don't have to tell nobody. They can see it. They can, ooh, you're pregnant. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's something that takes place. It's a natural process, okay? Turn with me to the book of second, uh, to Timothy chapter 1. I believe it's verse 4. 1 Timothy. First Timothy chapter 4. We're going to stay here for a little bit. It says, at verse 12, it says this. Let no one despise your youth. First of all, you write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, that you need to be, while in the process of gestation, to keep the process taking place. Don't let age be an issue. Because whether it's old or young, matter of fact, Abraham, the father of our faith, was past the age of childbearing, and along with his wife. 
The scripture says he did not consider that his body was already dead and or his wife's body also. So this is not an old issue. Don't let old and don't let being too young be an issue. Don't even consider your physical state of being. That's number one. Let no one despise your youth. Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Now, here's where we start. Till I come, give attention. Now, I was going to title this morning's message, Sowing and Reaping, because I tell you what, just take money out of your mind right now, because I'm going to talk about giving. There he goes, there goes another pastor talking about giving and, and sowing. And Listen, it says give attention. I'm going to say it one more time. I don't care how broke you are. And I don't care how much you have. It's not about how broke or how rich you are. The first thing is for you to give your attention. Because you can be sitting in here this morning and not giving attention. You could have come up and gave money in the offering plate and you haven't given attention. Christopher can go to class, but if he's not giving attention, the first and, excuse me, not the first, being willing is the first step of receiving the seed. The second step, once you've received the seed, is to give attention. I used to tell people, says, well, words are cheap and I can afford a lot of those. That's why I speak a lot especially in sports. I can talk trash. Woo! Like that. But listen, we can all give attention. That should be our first and foremost offering. What are we paying attention to? Are we giving attention to, oh, let's just go ahead and read the rest of this. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Wow. To give attention to reading doctrine. What doctrine? Not the law and the prophets. That's the history. That's the law. Just like we said earlier in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of. There's, certain, there's a certain doctrine that you're supposed to be giving attention to, giving your attention. Come to attention. You're supposed to be focused on a certain doctrine that's going to bring edification. You see what it says there? It says, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to proper doctrine. We need to be reading proper doctrine if you're reading a doctrine or a theology or a bylaw or a sublaw or a that is not bringing exhortation to you 
Let me explain what this means. How many people, we've said this before, we'll say it again. How many people ever heard the scripture says, study to show yourself approved, a worker, rightly dividing, word of truth. Anybody ever heard of that? And so what do we do? We open up the Bible and we start studying to show God that we can be approved, that I can be a worker, that I can be... No, it says study to show yourself that you are approved, that you are a worker and you can rightly divide the word of truth. You're studying to show yourself. You're not studying to show God nothing. He knows all. And you're approved because of Jesus. You're not approved because of anything you do or don't do. So you're studying to show, oh, you're reading doctrine that brings exhortation. That's pretty good. There's a lot of doctrine in here that will make you feel guilty, condemned, and dead. Totally victim to the world and hopeless for salvation. You know one of those doctrines? If your right hand offends you, Cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. Here's another one of those doctrines. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, you have no hope. You know who taught that? Jesus taught that. So Jesus taught us to be blind, maimed, and hopeless. But he taught that during the time of the Old Covenant before Calvary. Wow. Wow. I tell you what, cutting your hand off, plucking out your eye, and having no hope is not ex exhorting. <laughs> is it? That's not going to live. Okay. So why do you think people don't want to come to church? I'm tired of cutting my hands off. <laughs> Up to Melbo's this week, you know. I don't know how you'd do that anyway. <laughs> Till I come, give attention to reading of proper doctrine that brings exhortation. Do not neglect the gift that is, let's just call it the seed. Don't neglect the seed that's in you. See, Timothy didn't put the seed in him. It was put in him. Through prayer, laying on of hands, and the divine call of God. And see, when you were born again, the seed was put in you by God. And it's what it's telling you is don't neglect that seed that is in you. The doctrine you need to listen to needs to exhort the seed that's in you. Fullness. You need to study the scriptures that talk about you already being complete in Christ. You need to study to see how much God already loves you. You need to study to see what this says, how much He's already done for you and what He will do for you. Matter of fact, all Mary had to do was just see, said, Be it unto me, I am willing. Oh, and now I'm going to magnify what's inside of me. I'm beginning to read and I'm going to go talk to Elizabeth because she's excited about what's inside of her and we're going to get happy and we're going to get so happy because of what's done on the inside. It's going to shout. I'm going to sing it. I'm going to express it. I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. See, dancing and shouting don't come unless you've magnified and you're excited about something inside. I guarantee you. Now, I didn't know if I should use the analogy of you winning the lottery or oh, you winning the championship. You know, since we have some people so dear and close, you know, to 
not winning laundry, but OU winning the national championship. But if OU won a national would you have a kick in your step? Absolutely. If you won the lottery, you, you might not tell anybody. That would be probably the wisest thing you could do. Is not to, but you'd have to tell someone, I won. You'd call somebody you wouldn't know. I won. <laughs> Don't call them relatives. Because you're going to tell somebody. The scripture, says what, the scripture says what's in your heart is going to come out. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to what? Blah. I tell you what, and you can do some bad things and have them in your heart, and you're going to end up telling somebody. Through a course of time, it's going to come out. There are people that confess the stuff that they did years because it just ate them up. All right? Don't, I don't know why I got on to that. All right, let's go ahead and do some more of this. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 13, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate. Now, we talk about this in great de detail on Wednesday nights. But it says, meditate on these things. What things? The doctrine that brings exhortation. You're just not supposed to read it. Oh, I'm already approved? Wow. You're supposed to meditate. Use your imagination. Please. I, I would have been in churches before. They called it an evil imagination. You know, But God gave you the imagination. Use it on His Word. See yourself being embraced. Listen, I've got a secret. You're gonna, some of you think, uh, well, okay, never mind. I've got a secret place I go to. Because I've done it for so many years and so long, I can in, a, in just about that period of time, I can do it while, I I, while I'm standing up talking to you, I can go to a secret place where I see Jesus coming to me and me coming to him, and we embrace each other. <clears throat> we give an old chest pump, <clears throat> you know, and we hug each other. Because it's not religious. He don't come to me, oh, yo, yo. No. <clears throat> you know, because that's, that's the way I, that's where, that's where I'm at in my heart. He wants to meet us where we're at. You may not be giving Jesus a chest pump. You know what I'm saying? But, and mine's out in the woods by fire, by lake. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. So, but, but, it, but it's real to me. See, I imagine myself laying hands on people and them recovering. I imagine my shadow. As I said, I'm going to start with tripping first. When I see someone trip, then it's going to heal them. But, but you see you know what I'm saying? It, it's got to start inside of you. There's a seed and we're supposed to meditate. Guess what? You're meditating already. Anyway. Men. I'm not going to pick on us, are we? We meditate all the time on stuff we're not supposed to. And does it affect us? We try not to let it, but it does. Women. Do you meditate on things you're not supposed to? Oh, no, Pastor. Yeah, we know better. Say, <laughs> say, what we're doing is meditating out of default. We're meditating on what the world tells us to meditate on instead of meditating on purpose. And see, when you meditate out of default, then you're in the world of corruption. And if you plant it, water it, nurture it, you're going to get it. But if you meditate on purpose 
what it says to meditate. Meditate on things that are exhorting you. Meditate on the things that are inside of you. Meditate on what the doctrine, this word says what God's going to do. God said He would. I'm confident this very thing that He has begun a good work in me. He will perform it. Quit trying to be spiritual. And just be. If you tell yourself you got to do something to become something, you just told yourself you're nothing. Realize who you already are. You're already loved. You can't come to church to get God to love you more. But I hope you come to church because you hear about how God loves you more. Because that's a doctrine. And we're going to feed that doctrine. This church is about uplifting, edifying, exhorting, and equipping the seed that's inside of you so you can feel empowered, so you can feel victorious and loved by God no matter what the world says about you. I don't care who calls me and says you're no good. I read the word. Paul said this, I know no man by the flesh. In other words, I know no man by the corruption. I know, I know every man according to what the Spirit of God's doing in him. And that's how we need to see one another. We don't... Larry, you need to rejoice because we don't see your outside shape, bro. We see what God's doing on the inside. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's powerful. Papa Don, you're a big man. And you are. You are a big man. I tell you, that man right there, he, you just don't understand how big he is. Because God is big on the inside. And that's what Paul was saying. He said, I don't, I don't know people by the outside. I know them by the inside. Man, that's powerful to know people by what God's doing, not what the world's done, but what God's doing. Man, don't know them by corruption. Know them by incorruption. Meditate on these things. Give, uh-oh, there's that giving message again. So what have we already done? We've given attention, and now we're going to give ourselves. How, how much money have we talked about already? We hadn't talked about any money. If all you could do is come up here on a Sunday and just go, God, I don't have any finances, but I give you myself. Oh. Oh. Oh, what he could do with that. That's an offering that no money can buy. You see what I'm saying? If you can't give yourself... Give attention. God. Oh, excuse me. No, Father. I give you my attention for the next hour. And I'm going to pay attention. I don't worry about the money. Because if God got your heart, you're going to care about what He's doing, and you're going to be faithful. That's a simple, a simple analogy. We're concerned about your heart. Because if you can learn to give attention and give yourself, oh, can God do something great in this house? Man, that's powerful. All right. I want to get saved all over. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Give yourself entirely to them. To what? The doctrine that brings edification. Do you see that? 
the doctrine that brings edification. Give yourself entirely. Not partially, entirely. I tell you what, when you get pregnant, do you give your, all your thoughts are about your future. Everything that you do, your conversation, your house, you make your house bigger. If it's not big enough, you'll get another one. If your car is too small, you get rid of the two-door, you go get a minivan, right, Israel? You know, you got, you got two minivans, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. As soon as my kids got big enough, I got, went back to a pickup truck with four doors because <laughs> they grew up. But, but, you know, you give your whole, your whole life begins to change because you give yourself to the seed that's planted. And G the Bible says that God in nature did in nature so we could see how to, he does in the spirit. And it's the same way. Give yourself to, give, your, give attention to what God's done inside of you, people. Meditate on the doctrine that supports it and magnifies and makes you feel, see who you are in God. Not this corruption, but make, read the doctrine that talks about you being incorruptible. Totally loved, fully pleasing, and complete in Christ with all the power of the resurrection available to you. Man, read that doctrine. And then walk out of here going, oh, that's an ugly day. I don't think so. Because you're going to be equipped. You're going to be fired up. Look what it says here. Let's go on. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress. Uh-oh. Everybody look up here. I don't do this often. <laughs> don't say that he's not here to defend himself that's your progress you know what I'm saying Woo! I was hurting I'm really this is not natural I'm having to really push it I'm covered up you see mama pregnant I saw a pregnant lady the other day Whitney show us how you walk no <laughs> <laughs> if you had two or three, you got that walk down. It's like, it's not a walk, it's a, you know, it's like, oh, you're progressing. Right? The more you're progressing, the more things begin to change naturally. What's it say here? Let your progress. Is the seed that's planted in you progressing? It should be. If it's not, you're not meditating on it. You're not giving it attention. You're not giving yourself to what God's done. You're not paying attention to what God's done. You're not listening to the right teaching of what God's done. We need to magnify. Amen? All right, let's go on. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. That your, that your progress may be evident to... Boy, you know them girls? That, that lady I saw walk? She, it was evident to everybody. You knew she wasn't fat. You know what I'm saying? You knew she was pregnant. When Mary came back about being with Elizabeth, she didn't tell anybody she was pregnant. You know why? It was evident to all that something had happened inside of her. Is it evident to all that something's happened inside of you? Is it evident? 
Do the people around you know that God's done something inside of you that's not of this world, but it's of this one? Oh. Take heed to yourself. This is powerful. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. There's that word again. So what are we talking about? The doctrine that brings edification of what God's done inside of you. That's all this is saying. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, listen to this. This is the verse that's going to get you. In doing this, you will save both yourself and those who... I thought Jesus was the Savior. I thought Jesus was our Savior. That word saved is the same word as shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth, Lord, you shall be saved. It's the same word called sozo. Now, wait a minute. This is saying that if you meditate on what God's done inside of you, meditate on the doctrine that's inside of you, meditate on and, and read the doctrine and instruction and, and all that, that you're going to save your... Now, we know Jesus is the Savior. But remember, we're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. What Jesus did for you was in the realm of the Spirit. What you can do for you is in the realm of your soul to meditate on these things. And it's up to you to experience what He's already done. You're not the Savior, but watch this. You have to be selfish. This is, this is the whole concept of Christianity is, is a paradox. It's about you being so selfish that you experience all of God, but not you being so selfish that you now can't tell others. See, if you live all your life, you accepting Jesus and what He did, and don't go tell nobody, you've really not accepted Jesus. Because salvation is all about you, but it's not about you. That's the paradox. Two contrary standards of information that seem to oppose one another. But in the opposing of one another, it brings truth and understanding. You will never understand a truth unless you understand the paradox of that truth. It's not about you, but it is about you. You need to, what's it say right here? Save yourself. How do you save yourself? By renewing your mind to what's already been saved. You need to start telling your heart, seeing in your mind what He's already done for you. Meditate on that. That's why the Scripture says, I pray that you prosper and be in health on the outside even as your soul prospers. So this is what He's done. I'm getting it in here, and in due season, I'm going to manifest it out here. That's a beautiful picture. See, we keep thinking it's going to happen immediately. Immediately. You know, we pray. Listen, this church has had a seed planted in it. And it's not going to, I want it immediately. I want the church to be full. Look at all them chairs. That's wrong. I refuse to stack them. Everybody said, Pastor, you need to stack up some of them chairs. There's just too many empty chairs. I said, no, I'm a man of faith. It's going to happen now. You know what I'm saying? I wanted it. I want them to be full now. And then God spoke to my heart. You know what he said? Just meditate on what the seed's planted. <coughs> Quit trying to shake that baby out. It's not time yet. 
We're still nurturing the seed. We're still mentoring. We're still, it's, we're still in process of gestation at the church. But guess what? Just like Jesus was 28, 29, uh-oh, and then 30. Boom! Then it was manifested. See, I believe God has spoken a word in this church. And we are going through the process of gestation. And, and we need, we're starting to show. We got a little bump there. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> You're the ones that took me out to eat. That was your fault. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, so don't, don't get, oh, man, we, where's our, no. See, that, 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 that's what the board knows. I'm, I'm, speak, I'm preaching to myself now. Don't worry about those empty chairs. You know why? Ooh. Ooh, you know why? Because I know we got life. I know we got liberty. And I know we got the pursuit of happiness. In fullness. And I'm just, I'm just giving, I'm going to nurture that seed. I'm going to magnify it. I'm going to read the doctrine that brings edification. And in due season, we're going to pop. Can I say it that way without being rude? Our water's going to break and we're going to give birth. And show you how that's happening is, I tell you, there's some people, see, in our Christian life, I, I, I tell you, I, I don't mean to embarrass you at all, Tamara, but, but when I, she first came back, she's up here taking the cane, coming up here, bringing her offering. Well, did you see her this morning? I could, I just saw faith all over. She comes walking up here. No cane. She forgets her cane. She has to go back in the apartment. Oh, I forgot my cane. That's a great thing to forget. See, that's because, see, she has just not got, see, provision mindset, oh, heal me, God. And so you get healed, and guess what? You're going to get sick again. Then God's going to heal you again. You're going to get sick again, and God's going to heal you again. But if you're believing for divine health, you have to get healed on the way. You see what I'm saying? So do you have the seed of healing or the seed of health? I would love never to get sick again. But what are you nurturing? Oh, yeah, but pastor, that's we live in this world and we're going to get germs. Of course, Greg's saying yes. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I never heard anybody say, "Man, I wish they wouldn't keep home kids home from school." <laughs> that was great. It's a business, you know. But see, but. See, the, Oh, everybody's getting sick. You know what happens when you, when you accept the thought or the doctrine that everybody's getting sick? You're going to get it! You've just prepared the ground to receive the seed of sickness. <coughs> Ooh. <coughs> and even if you're not sick or not, you just begin to magnify it. Oh! Oh! And soon it comes on you, and pretty soon you're sick. Instead of, no weapon formed against me will prosper. I live in divine health. See, prosperity isn't having money. Prosperity is not having money have you. Whether you have it or not, that's prosperity. God wants us to be in abundance. He wants us to give generously. We're supposed to lend to those that need to borrow. 
We're supposed to walk in abundance of love and joy and peace. But the disciples even said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto thee. You know why? Because they were prosperous. They weren't needing silver and gold at the moment. What they were needing is what they could give. You can only give what you have. But when money has you, you're not prosperous. And you don't have to have it for it to have you. You know what I'm saying? And you can have a whole lot and it have you. You can have nothing and it can have you. Thing is, don't let it have you. Use it. We're supposed to use money for its purpose. But it's using, we won't get into that. We're not teaching a financial thing. It says, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine continue in them. For in doing this you will save both you or yourself and those who hear you. This is the important part. God wants you to experience this life that we're talking about. So not only you can experience it, but see, in the process of you doing this, what we just talked about this morning, other people, see, out of the bums of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. You're going to save other people. They're going to catch what you got. You mean I can be happy in a perilous times? Yes, you can. And that's evangelism. See, it's just not about you experiencing God's Word. It's about other people seeing it work in you and them, them wanting it. All right? We need to go to the book of Mark real quick, and we'll close. Book of Mark, chapter 4, I believe. Probably all of our, all of our computer people go up and do the puppets, don't they? Chapter 4, yeah, it's a lot of red. Guess who's saying this? It's called Jesus. His name is Jesus. In verse 26, he says this, And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First, the blade... Then the head, after that the full grain in the head. Do you see the process? Is there any harvesting going on? See, it's not harvest time. It's not due season. Some people are trying to speak the word and they only got a blade. You're not supposed to reap the harvest when there's a blade. That's not natural. What's it say? You're not supposed to reap a harvest when there's a head. You're not even supposed to reap a harvest after that the full grain is in the head. In other words, when the grain comes to completeness. What's it say? But when the grain ripens, then immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come see there's a time in your life that god is working you know just about just like i use tamara as an example there's a time when i believe she she won't even have any of the old symptoms she used to have because there's a new seed that she's magnifying it's not a corrupt seed it's an incorruptible seed and she's living in the kingdom of heaven on this earth 
She is a walking manifestation of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. And as long as she waters that seed, brings, uh, 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 magnifies it, you know, it brings that word of, reads the doctrine that brings that kind of encouragement. Now, guess what happens if she she, she goes here to some doctor and says, "Well, it's, you got what you got because of what you did. There's some unforgiven sin." You know what's going to happen if you always ask the question, "Well, what did I do to cause this?" You'll always get an answer. No matter how much you clean up, there's always the devil will always tell you you're not walking in victory because of what you did. Keep going back. There's more. That is not God. You can walk in victory now. Quit asking the question, what did you do to get this? No. You need to be saying, thank Jesus what he did so I could get this. That's doctrine that brings exhortation that produces life so other people can see it. Man. That's just, let's stand up. Makes me want to get saved. Hallelujah. Just, just remember, in due time, when, when did the scripture say, we just read there, we didn't talk about it much, but it said, when did they put the sickle to the grain? When it was ripe, when it was due season. There is a due season in the kingdom of heaven for the word to be manifest. Just enjoy the trip. Enjoy the pregnancy. Enjoy the gestation. There's nobody who knows the time more than the mama. There's nobody who... The doc, well, the doctor says I'm not going to give, gonna have, my due date's not to, well, wait a minute, I think it's coming earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mamas know. We know when it's due season. We just need to make sure that we're going through the process of gestation. We need to, three things. Nutrition, exercise, and rest. We need to be at peace. We need to act out our faith. You need to act like you're pregnant. Start decorating the house. Whatever that means to you. Start doing things different to set in motion in the natural what God's already done in the spiritual. That's what it means to walk in faith. Start making the thing that hangs over the canopy. Make that little baby girl feel like a princess before she's even born. You're doing it for you. That child doesn't know anything. You're treating her like a princess. That's how valuable. You're doing it. It's for you. The seed's going to happen. You know, there's some people, I don't want this seed. You know, you, you're going, it's going to come out. But there's a due season. Don't try to harvest when there's a blade. Don't try to harvest when there's a grain. Wait till the grain comes to full, ripen maturity. And due season, God will make this happen. Amen? Amen.